Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that is Matt. Over there is Ryan, and we are hitting you with episode 563 of the pod. This week, we are only a mere two and a half, three weeks away now, but by the time you guys are listening to this, from the NFL draft, we are doing a dynasty rookie mock based on a seven-round NFL draft mock this week. Those are always fun, mocks on mocks. Uh, We got three more rookies to cover in the rookie report. We are getting deep into these rookies. Um, In fact, I think we'll, we'll be nearing 40 rookies, guys. Uh, by the time the episode is over, but first we got to say hi to Ryan, say hi to Matt, fellas. How you guys doing? I'm good. Missed you guys last week. You you survived without me. Yeah, survived, not thrived. Yeah, you were in Florida, <laughs> barely. <laughs> we did fine. I heard you listened to part of the show. Uh, see see how we rank. Uh, didn't quite make it to the end. Uh, we did survive without you, Matt. Um, you only took one shot at Ryan doing during the show. I heard Maybe it. you can do some with him around this week. Yeah, step up, step up. Big you boy. know, he, he listen, listen. Ryan's the glue that holds the show together. Oh, Dan, last week we were just a little less sticky. You know, last week is a little less sticky, a little bit more comfortable. But the boss. Wow. Is okay. We, we, right. we love him. We love him. Hmm. All right. We'll see where where uh, those who listen take that conversation. We're uh, we got a little bit of news to cover in the startup, but pretty much after that. It's all uh, Dynasty Rookie Draft content. So let's get this thing fired up. The Startup. I can't believe it. We have news about Odell Beckham Jr. He's finally on an NFL team again. Of course, the, the really, really the devastating injury in the Super Bowl cost him an entire year of his career but all that news throughout the 2022 season that he would sign late in the season and some contender would get a wide receiver two to unlock part of their offense it just never really happened and now ryan uh obj lands in baltimore so how do we feel about his one-year deal worth up to 18 million dollars with the ravens yeah, my thoughts on this have changed a lot since it was first announced. Um, you know, the, it, that uh, signing was announced, and then a few minutes after that, we heard the report of up to $18 million, and I think everybody kind of snickered. I made a joke that there must be uh, $15 million in, in incentives, and then uh, and then the, the real important information came that they gave him a $15 million contract uh, with with a, a few more million on top of that in incentives. So that made me care a little bit more about this signing. 
But I, I think the real news here, and, and this is no surprise, I think this means Lamar Jackson is back. We've we saw the uh, screenshots of, of them FaceTiming. We uh, heard the reports that Lamar was uh, recruiting Beckham to come to Baltimore. So I'm not sure there were really any doubts at this point that uh, that Lamar would be staying in Baltimore. But for me now, there are no doubts at all. He's back. Yeah, it's really just the question of does he take the long-year deal? Is he going to sign that franchise tag and play with LBJ for a year? Those questions are still to be answered. Maybe we'll have those answers by the time the NFL draft comes around. Matt, I'm wondering, with the Ravens so desperate for wide receiver help, what are your thoughts on, on LBJ landing there with now Lamar expected to be back, of course? Do you feel good about an OBJ share in your dynasty leagues right now? Yeah, I do, especially compared to where how I felt about it the last year, right? Just all of the uncertainty, the the hope that he was going to maybe come in and, and play the end of the season with the Cowboys that just never materialized. Uh, uh, maybe he was going back with the Rams and, and running back there, but uh, this is a great signing. It, it gives Lamar Jackson the best uh, the best receiving core he's ever had, really, as a pro, right? I think we can we can pretty much say that, even with OBJ not. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. Uh, but, you know, and even with OBJ, not probably not his, you know, the same OBJ that was number was 1.01 overall for, for years running. Right. He's not going to be that up to that level, but he is an upgrade. He gives them another deep threat uh, in addition to Bateman, gives them a dynamic playmaker. And I, I love it for Bateman, too. Now he doesn't necessarily have to be the one. Maybe he can be the one one week and OBJ is, is the is the one the next week. These guys are going to be able to play off each other a lot. They can both play at all areas of the field. So this gives that offense, especially the passing offense, some some versatility that has lacked uh, in recent seasons. We have Todd Bunkin coming in as the, uh, the offensive coordinator. We know that he likes to put a bunch of footballs in the air. So uh, I think this is all good for, for Baltimore. And I'm excited to see uh, what this offense does without that you know, extreme run-based system that we had under uh, Greg Roman for so many years. So this is this is good for everybody, I think. Yeah. You mentioned Rashad Bateman there. Uh, of course, he suffered that season-ending <laughs> foot injury last year, guys. And that's where I wanted to take the conversation next. You know, the, the Ravens didn't have a 500-yard wide receiver last season, which is which is really disgraceful in this this NFL that we live in right now. But now, like Matt said, Ryan, uh, the pressure is off Bateman to be that top receiver. He already, of course, had Mark Andrews, uh, who, who sucks up so many targets in the yeah. middle of the field. Now Bateman can be that secondary option and maybe even third option in the offense. Perhaps that's a better role for him. And maybe Rashad Bateman managers get to see him in a different light in 2023. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's probably where we should be that this is, this could be a role change for Bateman and, and probably one that is, is necessary as you kind of point out there. Now we just need the value uh, to adjust. And and I think it's been adjusting following that injury anyway. So just kind of a change of uh, expectations for Bateman moving forward. Um, you know, anytime we talk Ravens wide receivers, I have to throw this out there. Do you guys know the last Baltimore Raven Wide receiver one in fantasy. Dan, you're shaking your head. Have you heard this from me before? Yeah, you've said it so many times. Well, who yeah. is it? Tell uh, me that. I think it was... It was Bolden. Oh, no. No, it wasn't Bolden. 
Marquise yeah, Brown had it for a while. He like played, he was wide receiver. He six played like somewhere else. I got a guy in my head, but I don't think it's right. Uh, he played most of his career in Tennessee, right? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. Who, D- who Derek Mason? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, I was thinking Derek uh, Mason. No, that's not somebody that far, way back then. When? Oh yeah, that's way back. 1996, before Lamar Jackson was born. It's Michael Jackson, wide receiver. Michael Jackson. Yeah. I almost really? said they have not Clayton, had a top twelve <laughs> fantasy wide receiver season long since Michael Jackson in nineteen ninety six. So I don't think that'll be Odell oh. Beckham. I also don't think it will be uh Rashad Bateman, but I do think this is good news for both of those guys. Uh no Ma- Michael Jackson impersonations from either of you two? I'm not going there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go here then. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yeah, we mentioned it in the open. It's a mock draft based on a mock draft. Our buddy Shane Hallam did a seven-round NFL mock draft over at DraftCountdown.com. We scoured through them, pulled all the skill position players out, and we're going to do a Superflex Rookie Dynasty Mock Draft based on those landing spots. So if you want to hit pause and go find Shane's mock, go check it out. Um, there's a lot of good good landing spots in there, and there's some that make you, make you think twice about uh, that player's dynasty value moving forward. Overall, Matt, after you looked through this mock draft, how do you feel about the potential landing spots if everything shook out this way? I thought they were pretty decent. Yeah. You know, we actually had, yeah. um, I think this Shane Hallam, uh, uh, he's a DLF writer. So maybe there's a little bit more of a fantasy slant to his, to his mock drafts. I'm not sure, but, uh, much more fantasy friendly, I'd say than a lot of other of these seven round mocks that I've seen, uh, from bigger media outlets and things. Any big surprises for you, Ryan on there? Anything really shake up your rankings? Um, <laughs> Not really. You know, I, I think, and we've talked about it yeah, on here before. I thought the same thing. We, we've talked about this, what, I guess it's probably the third tier of running backs, which is, you know, uh, about as, I mean, that list is like as long as my arm, uh, uh, you know, of how many running backs we're talking about here. And the <laughs> the draft capital, we've said it so many times, the draft capital and the landing spots are going to tell the story on these guys and ultimately determine how we're ranking and how we're drafting them. So, uh, whenever I look at a, a three round, a seven round mock, those are, I find myself looking for those names first. The the guys you talked about last week, Tank Bigsby and uh, Kendra Miller and, and Zach Evans, and along with a few others that are in that range, because that's what is really, I think, going to change rookie mock drafts. Yeah, you, you mentioned the running back position. That's one thing I wanted to bring up in this mock draft. We had four second round running backs and three more late in the third round. So there was kind of a dead, almost an entire round went by between the end of round two and the end of round three, where we didn't see those third round running backs. Uh, Shane gave us a few late. So uh, it really felt like these wide receivers got bumped up just a little bit. The running backs maybe got pushed down more than some might expect. Uh, overall though, I didn't think it changed a whole lot as far as dynasty value. Like Matt said, Shane, uh, did us a few favors here, uh, gave us some nice landing spots for most of the big names. So let's kick this 
thing off. As I said, it's a super flex mock and it's based on Shane Hallam's seven round mock draft over at draftcountdown.com. I drew the number one pick. Ryan, you are on deck. And then Matt, you'll be the third pick. We're just going to go one, two, three, and just rotate back and forth. Um, we're not going to do any kind of uh, any kind of uh, boomerang or anything like that. No snake for this mock. I'm going to start. It's a really easy pick. Um, Shane gave us Bijan Robinson going to the Philadelphia Eagles at 10 overall. Uh, if you guys remember yeah. about a month ago, we did an exercise where we talked about uh, best landing spots for all the rookies. And then we did a mock draft based on it. I took, Bijan at number one in that in that uh, exercise, and I took him going to the Eagles. You guys questioned it at that point. You still have no problem with uh, Bijan Robinson going to the Eagles, though, right, man? Oh, no problem at all. I mean, a fantastic offensive line and situation. It's you know just. You know, you're going to have a little bit less PPR upside with Bijan there, but it probably is not going to matter because he's going to score hopefully 10 to 15 touchdowns if he and he and Hertz can share those those a little bit. You know, you worry about that a little bit, too, from a touchdown perspective. So I don't think it's the best landing spot for him, uh, but it's a very good one, obviously. So, Ryan, that puts you on the clock at two. This is a super flex mock. Which way are you going here? Yeah, it's super flex. I'm going with a quarterback here. Uh, my current quarterback one is CJ Stroud. Um, he goes one overall here to Carolina in Shane's mock. And uh, that's still kind of my expectation. I know we had the Bryce Young report. Uh, I, I guess I'm not totally sold on that quite yet. So uh, Stroud as the top overall pick will be my pick at 1.02. I think that is what I expect to happen if this is how things shake out. Bijan going one, CJ Stroud going two because he gets that 101 draft capital. Matt, if you were at two, would you have taken Stroud? No. In fact, I have the player I'm going to take kind of in the same same tier with Bijan uh, at, at the top, and that's going to be Anthony Richardson. Uh, to Indianapolis with Coach Stryken, who developed Jalen Hurts now, there's a lot of things to be said about how Jalen Hurts was a passer at this stage of the career versus where Anthony Richardson is. Um, but he does so many things that I, I'm not, I don't want to call – Matt Waldman said this, that he doesn't want to call him raw. He wants to call him inexperienced because he does a lot of the things that a savvy veteran quarterback would do in terms of manipulating defenses at the second level and stuff like that, throwing the ball away, maybe even throwing the ball away too many times uh, when there's a more obvious – a place to put the ball in a receiver's hand. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with that. I think he's in the best possible spot to start sooner rather than later, which, you know, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But I think it's the ideal spot for him from a, from a a coaching staff standpoint. Mm. I, uh, I like that, that you stand, stand on your soapbox, Matt, and, and scream from the high heavens. If you think, if you think Richardson has that upside because of, obviously because of his legs and you think he's close to Bijan in, well, in, or in the same tier, um, do you think there's a chance for dynasty managers to move down and get him? To move down and get Richardson? From two, I'm talking. If you were at oh two, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't maybe think so either. I wouldn't personally. I I wouldn't take the risk if I wanted Richardson and I was at two. I would stand pat, stand pat. Sure. But I think one thing that we should 
maybe talk about is that Richardson, like in the current version of Richardson, it's the, the legs is what is providing the floor, you know, kind of like with fields last season, the legs is kind of providing that floor. And when the passing game comes, when the passing numbers match up, that's when we get that true ceiling unlocked. So I guess I view that a little bit differently. Yeah. I'm still not all the way there with Anthony Richardson. I, I, I can't do it. Um, that the, the pocket presence and the ability as a thrower holds me back just a little bit. If he gets this kind of draft capital, it's clear that a team is ready to hand over the keys. However, uh, probably sooner rather than later. So we'll see what that does to my rankings later on. I'm up at number four and I actually have a player ranked higher than Bryce young, but Bryce young is clearly worth more. So I'm going to take Bryce young here personally, I could probably trade him for a better wide receiver than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, so I'll go with Bryce Young right here. But but really, honestly, I think there's a chance that uh, JSN is a better long-term asset. And, uh, you know, as you might expect, Bryce Young was the second pick in this mock draft to the Texans. Thank you. So we've got Stroud one, Young two, Richardson four, and Bijan ten. Those would be the first four. Uh, fantasy relevant offensive players selected. And they're uh, also our first four players selected. I'm on the clock at one Oh five. I am going to take that player that Dan was talking about. I'll take Bryce Young's new wide receiver in this scenario as the Texans would take uh, JSN at 12 overall. That's been widely projected that they use that 12 pick on a receiver. Uh, I think JSN is the wide receiver one in this class. Most people seem to agree with that at this point. Shane agrees with it. Uh, and yeah, I'll go to JSN here at five overall. I think JSN will not be available to the Texans at 12 on draft day. By the time we get wow. there, he'll be a top 10 pick. He's really And good. I think he deserves it. Uh, so Ryan takes Jackson Smith in Jigba, who went 12th in, in Shane's mock. Um, that puts Matt on the clock here at six. I'm wondering where you're going here. Do you feel a little bit of a tear break? Oh, definitely. The top two tiers are cleared out. So I, my next tier is a tier of two players. Uh, and I'll take the one with the better draft capital and landing spot. That's going to be Jordan Addison, who goes to Kansas city in the first round with a 31st pick. Uh, and again, a team with, you know, obviously the best quarterback in the world and, and, and a dearth of talent at, at wide receiver. I don't think that they're going to roll into next season with just Kadarius Tony and um, Sky Moore as their top two targets. And I think Addison will, will come in and take that top role right away from, from both of those players in this scenario. So um, gets the first round capital, gets the great landing spot. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, that that late first round draft capital and landing with Patrick Mahomes that'll that'll help the dynasty value of any wide receiver. <laughs> um, certainly looks like an ideal spot for him. Uh, fits right there at six for sure as well. I'm going to be the first one to dip into the second round pool of Shane's mock, and uh, I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs, who went 51st overall in the mock. Uh, that's middle of the second round to the Miami Dolphins. So nice landing spot for sure. Certainly one of the premier landing spots for rookie running backs this season. I think he fits perfectly at number seven in this mock draft. Uh, I think I'm up at eight here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to snipe Matt, take Matt's guy, uh, Will Levis. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, but uh, it is, of course, Superflex format. In this mock draft, Will Levis goes 11 overall to Tennessee. Uh, and with that draft capital in the Superflex format, tough to, uh, tough to ignore. Um, two more wide receivers and also a pair of tight ends got first-round draft capital in this mock, but I, I've got questions about those landing spots, especially the receivers. So I'll, um, I'll take the luxury pick here of the quarterback in this uh, super flex. Matt, I know you didn't get sniped on that, on that one. I'm wondering who you would have taken at number eight overall. I, I didn't get sniped, but if Ryan had taken this player, uh, Zay Flowers, who went to Baltimore with the 22nd overall pick in the first round, uh, if he had taken him, then I certainly would have taken Levis uh, oh, begrudgingly. I should have uh, made you do it. So, uh, <laughs> you, yeah, you should have. I was sweating it. I was like, it's staring me right in the face. They're setting me up for this. Now, wait, you, you, uh, have, Zay said, Flowers, you have said that you would take Hooker over Levis. So, come on. Well, this landing spot is changes things a little bit, I yeah. think. I mean, I, I don't really love the Tennessee landing spot, but spoiler alert, Hendon Head Hooker ended up in Oh wait, he ended up in Detroit, Detroit second in round. One. So yeah. I actually right. don't I actually don't mind that one. I may have I, I, for some reason, I had Las Vegas written down, which I would hate. Um, but anyway, Zay Flowers, uh, this mock was done before the OBJ signing. Uh, but even still, Zay Flowers now gets to play the slot almost exclusively, which I think he is he's very good on the outside as well. Has plays a lot bigger than some other first-round receivers um, in this mock, uh, despite his size. Uh, but the slot, is he, I think he's just going to absolutely crush from that position. Yeah. So assuming passing volume is going to be there under the new offense, I think Zay Flowers is going to smash at that spot in Baltimore. I did. Uh, I did mention on Twitter that that was another pro from the OBJ signing is that possibly keeps the Ravens off of guys like Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston in round yeah. one. Yeah, maybe Zay Flowers end up, ends up in Minnesota instead with uh, opposite Justin Jefferson. Okay. Dynasty managers can uh, can blow up all over all about Zay Flowers and his upside. Uh, seeing that mocked a lot, yeah. say Flowers to Minnesota, but he ends up in Baltimore uh, in this mock. Um, good pick there. These are the top nine players in my mock or in my rankings for sure. Uh, really don't love the 10 spot, to be honest with you. It's, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I I, I don't love it. Um, you could trade down. Golly, I got to trade down. I really, I really got to find, find somebody to take this pick. Um, I'm going to dip into the second round again and go to, go to the running back position. I actually rank somebody higher, but I'm I'm changing my rankings. The chargers, they drafted Devin a chain right here. uh, 54th overall, just a couple picks after Jameer Gibbs. I love that draft capital. If he gets that, lands in uh in Los Angeles with the Chargers and and maybe we need a veteran running back to get traded on draft day as well to to really take uh A-Chain's value to the to the moon but I'll take A-Chain right here at 10 overall. Yeah, I've seen the the Chargers projected to take a back uh usually in the second round and I think we have to assume that would that would come with a uh a trade of Austin Eckler. So if both of those things were to happen, then yeah, A-Chain's obviously a big riser in this scenario. Uh, I think I'm going to take a... 
nope, can't do it. I was going to take a running back as well. Uh, I'm just going to stick with draft capital. I'll take Quentin Johnston here, 25th overall yeah. to the Giants. Thank you. I do kind of think he uh, will fall out of round one uh, ultimately, but again, in this scenario, he's a first rounder. Uh, would be the would have the chance to be that alpha in the Giants' offense, and uh, you know we we trust Brian Dable here. So even though there are questions about Johnston, just as there were there are still questions about uh, Daniel Jones, uh, I'm I'm relying on the coaching staff to fix him. Yeah, he's he's the one that I I adjusted my rankings on. Yeah. I, even landing in New York, um, I don't I don't necessarily I'm not in love with the landing spot of the Giants. Uh, personally, there's there's so many names there. There's but, question marks about the offense in general. Uh, it's it's an up and coming offense, but Johnston rubs me the wrong way. I, I don't feel good about it right now. I think you're right. He doesn't get first round draft capital, even if he gets it late in the first. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going going the way I did with those second round running backs over him. Matt, you have the final pick in the first round. Who's going to be this guy? Well, I wanted to say real quick on Johnston, like he's not my favorite player at all. Like I'm, I think I'm lower than most on him, but I do feel like that's a decent landing spot. Like, all those guys, all the Giants are doing is signing all these small slot speed receivers, and uh, Johnson sticks out amongst them. Like he plays small, but maybe they'll they'll train the big the big play into him the playing yeah. playing as a big wide receiver into him there like that's the hope i think just cuz he's so different than the other ones but uh, i'm going to go but he's uh, a big receiver that plays like a small receiver oh, 100%. and that's what holds us all back and we're going to be talking about that with another receiver later today as well but uh second round pick uh, we're going with uh, Zach Charbonnet yep. Uh, one of my favorite players in this class, uh, Chicago landing spot. I think it's good just because I think he's clearly he's the high he's the best talent there. Um, but you know, Khalil Herbert was really good. Deonta Foreman they brought in is also like can play like basically the same role Charbonnet can as that as that big back in that offense, and he's a veteran. So will they give deference to him? I'm not sure, um, but I just like the player, and he got the he got the draft capital. So I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, to the Bears so- at 61. Yeah, he was the he was a late for second round pick, which is great draft capital for Charbonnet. Uh, certainly fits in the top twelve. I'm sure for for all of us. I, I, I'm guessing Ryan, that's the running back you're considering yeah. over Johnston yeah. at eleven. Uh, the first round's in the books. It goes Bijan, then C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young. Then we get a couple of wide receivers with Jackson Smith and Jigba at five, and Jordan Addison. At six, Jameer Gibbs went number seven with that Miami landing spot, followed by Will Levis in Tennessee and Zay Flowers in Baltimore. Then uh, Devin A-Chain goes number 10 overall. He has second round draft capital to the Chargers, followed by Quinton Johnston, uh, who in this mock is a New York Giant in the first round, and then Zach Charbonnet at 12 to the Bears at the end of round two. Let's kick off round two of our Dynasty Rookie Mock. I have this pick, and I'm going back to the wide receiver position. I'm going to take Josh Downs. He got picked early in the second round to, in fact, uh, 40th overall. So a top 40 draft capital to the New Orleans Saints, which I love that fit right there. Um Maybe, maybe, you know, you can say what you want about Derek Carr, uh, say what you want about the coaching staff since Peyton left and, and that offense in general, but it really feels like Downs would be an immediate starter, play full time, uh, be on the field all the time 
and potentially could catch like 75 or 80 balls as a rookie in New Orleans. To get him at 13, that feels awfully good. I like him right here. Yeah, you you definitely sniped me there, although I didn't expect Downs to to fall this far. So um, no no real surprise there. I am going to go with a... I'm going to go with a second round wide receiver as well. I'm going to take Cedric Tillman in this mock draft. He was the, uh, a late second rounder to the Buffalo bills. Uh, I mean, I think they're, they're concerned about Gabe Davis. I think we're all concerned about Gabe Davis as far as being a consistent, uh, option at wide receiver too. Uh, we talked about Tillman on here a couple weeks ago. I know Matt and I uh, were both big fans of his. If he gets that second round draft capital as he does here, It'll be a big boost to his dynasty stock. It's, it's going to be bye bye Gabe Davis. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, it would be. But it it's it's not that rare anymore to see Cedric Tillman in the, especially in the top seventy five picks. I think there's times where you see him at the in the first half of the third right. round. He's not going to be a fourth round. He's not day three anymore. Yeah. He's going sometime in day two. And really, any time in the top seventy five or eighty picks, he's going to be a hop top one hundred player. Uh, that's that's pretty good draft capital, and he's one of them guys that could be a better pro than he was college player. So uh, you had him just a little higher than I did, but I was considering him around this range for sure. Uh, that's a good landing. Spot Matt, did you say sure. you would you would be buying Gabe Davis? Is that what you said? <laughs> I did no. not say that. that I really, was, I really thought what that's I said. what you said. I said no, I said bye bye, oh, oh, gotcha. Gabe Davis. Bye bye. <laughs> See ya. Bye, Felicia. Uh, Matt, you are on the clock at 15 overall, the 2.03. Yeah, man. Don't feel super thrilled about this pick, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to dump into the third round for the first time. I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby, go into the Cincinnati Bengals in the third round with pick 92 overall. Mixon has some problems. I think Bigsby's going to come in and take his job. Uh, even if he does remain there and there's nothing uh, behind Bigsby there now that Samaj P. Ryan has moved on. We're talking about Chris Evans. Uh, is Travion Williams still there? Is that guy still there hanging around? Um, uh, Henderson? To Henderson. Wrong wrong Travion. Whatever. Which, whatever. It doesn't matter. Bigsby's better than whichever one's on the roster. Uh, so, uh, yeah, third round, 92, Cincinnati. That is not the running back I expected you to go with there, Matt. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Holy cow. That's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I, I'm on the clock at 16 overall, fourth pick in the second round. And I'm a little bit torn. There's three names. Uh, they're probably going to be the next three picks in this mock. Well, I can't believe I'm going to be the one that takes him because I've been the one that was kind of down on him uh, comparatively to you two. I'm going running back as well. Uh, second round draft capital for Roshan Johnson. Yep. I'll take him to the Cowboys. I really thought you were going to take take him over Bigsby, man. Yeah, it was close. I think it, they're right. They're basically right next to each other with one other player. I just like the landing spot a little bit better was in Cincinnati. Yeah, and I get that. I love that draft capital. The, the draft capital is what's holding me back. The NFL has to see Johnson as a guy that can be more than just a – uh, goal line, third down, you know, uh, third and short type option. And if somebody gives him second round draft capital or top 75 draft capital, 
he's going to he's gonna move up in my rankings closer to where you guys have him. I think he's locked in for day two, draft capital, honestly. he's Most of the mocks so- I see have him there, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you're up with the fifth pick in the second round. Who you got here? Yeah, I'm struggling as much as you guys were with with uh, deciphering and and you know parsing out these these picks. The draft capital is good. We said Shane did us a favor. Uh, the landing spots are nice as well. I think I'm going to uh, break into the tight ends. We said mm-hmm. earlier a couple got first round draft capital, so I I I don't want to ignore that anymore. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm going to take Darnell Washington. He's the first tight end drafted here lands with the Cowboys with the 26th overall pick in the first round. Uh, was really impressed with him, especially at the combine. But, uh, obviously if, uh, if you've seen him at all, you, ha- you have to be impressed with, uh, his, his freak size and, um, play on the field. So I'll, I'll go Darnell Washington here, 26 overall. And this is the, uh, 2.05 pick. Yeah, I was wondering when we'd break the seal on tight ends. Might be a rush of picks at that position here pretty soon, Matt. Who do you have? I'm so happy you did that and didn't make me take a certain receiver uh, that I don't want to take. So I'm going to take quarterback Hendon yeah. Hooker to the Detroit Lions, second round at the 48th pick. 48th pick. Yeah, he's the guy I was considering over Roshan Johnson at 14, or at, at four in the second round. Uh, I thought there were three players that – we're going to be the next three. It was Johnson hooker. And the other name is Jalen Hyatt. I thought he was going to go this high. Um, I'm, I guess I'm not going to do that though. You're I not think I'm going to take him. I'm, I'm going to take Michael Mayer because I love okay. that, that landing spot there. If I could hand pick a spot for Michael Mayer to land, I think I would choose the Cincinnati Bengals with first round draft capital at 28 overall. That feels really good. I think those two landing spots would make me switch those two guys back around where Mayer would be my tight end one in the class. Once yeah, I, I definitely debated those two guys. They were close in Shane's mock. Um, and and Mayer is a Cincinnati kid. He grew up in, in northern Kentucky, which is essentially the Cincinnati uh, area. Uh, grew up a Bengals fan. So this would be, you know, obviously a dream come true for him and uh, a, a great landing spot for fantasy as well. These tight think, ends feel like huge bargains in the second round. I, I feel really good about both of those picks. I I don't feel good about the mayor. I mean, I, the, it looks good on paper to me, but you're never going to be a top two target in that offense. You're just never. This is never going to happen. So you I are going to be he's, a red I think he's zone going to be in that offense. He is going to be a bottom half tight end one, and that just doesn't really excite excite me that much. I guess in the middle of the second round, though, that's pretty good value. Who are you taking here, Ryan, at the eighth pick in the second round? We kind of need to speed it up just a little bit. Yep. Okay, we'll speed it up. I'll take Tajay Spears. He's a late third rounder in this mock draft, goes to Carolina. Uh, They need some running back help, and I love Spears, so that's a perfect fit. Yeah, I like that pick, too. He was coming up in my rankings as well. Matt, who you got at nine? Fine, I'll freaking do it. I'll take Jalen Hyatt, second round draft capital, 39th overall. Sorry, 39th pick in the second round to Carolina. Uh, and, uh, you know, he th- there's no receivers there, and he gets a huge upgrade. Well, not a uh, – yeah, I'd say a huge upgrade at quarterback from either perspective, right? So um, it, it could be you could do worse at this spot than Jalen Hyatt. 
Yeah, like that. That's just fine. Um, the Ty J Spears pick hurts just a little bit. I kind of had this pick earmarked for him. Uh, I love that landing spot in Carolina for Spears. That feels like a good spot for him. I'm up here at the 10th pick in the second round. I am, I am wasting time. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to change my tight end rankings from pre-draft and because I like the Luke Musgrave landing spot in Green Bay. Um, That makes him the tight end three in this class for me over Dalton Kincaid, uh, which I don't love that landing spot. So um, Luke Musgrave, 45th overall to the Green Bay Packers. I like that. Shocker that you like the Packer landing spot. Didn't see that coming at all. Uh, I'm going to take one of my favorites, uh, Marvin Mims. He's a third rounder, early third rounder to the Tennessee Titans. I know we're not not necessarily chasing Titans uh, wide receivers in in fantasy, but uh, certainly would have uh, lots of opportunity there. It's basically Traylon Burks and nothing else. And uh, so, so Mims would have that early opportunity and he's got uh, solid draft capital in the early third round. Yeah, I, he was the other one I was really considering there. Uh, don't, like you said, don't love the landing spot. Matt, who's rounding out the last pick in the second round? Yeah, I, I would have went Mims there, but uh, the rest of the players I have on my board are all kind of in one big grouping. So I'm just going to take my favorite. I'm going to take Izzy Abanacanda. We're going into day three, I know, fourth round, 110 uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. But Tyler Ajiro is real good, but I'm not sure he's better than Izzy Abanacanda. Uh, and offer something completely didn't, different. So uh, I, I like that landing spot there, despite the day three capital. So round two is in the books. It goes Josh Jones, Cedric Tillman, Tank Bigsby, Roshan Johnson, Darnell Washington, Hendon Hooker, Michael Mayer, Ty J Spears, Jalen Hyatt, Luke Musgrave, Marvin Mims, and Izzy Abanacanda. Let's fire through round three. No analysis, only the player and the draft capital and the team that uh, drafted him. I'm up with the first pick in the third round. I'm taking I guess I'm <laughs> man, I'm so quick. <laughs> I'm so fast. Um You just said I lightning gotta... round, Dan. You said I know. I'm round. taking Dalton Kincaid to the to the Raiders. Uh second round, 38th overall. He's the 301. Uh, with a second pick in the third round, I will take uh, I'll take Kendra Miller, uh, running back, 89th overall pick to the Giants, late third rounder, uh, could could step in as the Giants RB two once he is healthy. Matt. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I'm finally ready to take a tight end. I just don't know which ones. I like them all. I just don't know which one is going to work out. So I'm going to go Sam Laporta, second round, 55th overall to the Detroit Lions and join that up and coming offense. Yeah, that's a good landing spot for him. I don't mind that at all. I appreciate you leaving me, my guy, Tucker Kraft, who goes it. early in the third round from South Dakota State to New Orleans, which is another great landing spot for him. I'm going to dip into the fourth round as well. I'll take uh, Jonathan Mingo. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler with the 120th overall pick. Um, Yep, that's it. Matt? 
with the 64th pick in the third round, Rashi Rice to the Chicago. You dirty dog. <laughs> uh, there's nothing there, man. There's, they got, they got, they got, they don't have much. So hopefully. I waited can, too long on my boy Rashi Rice and it's painful. Um, I am going to go all the way down to the fifth round for my next pick. It's uh, early in the fifth, Zach Evans to the Cleveland Browns. I'll Gross. Take it's a good one. Um, Matt says gross and Ryan says that's a good one. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. 3.08. I will take running back Chase Brown. Early fourth rounder in this mock draft. Lands in Arizona with the 105th pick. uh, Clear opportunity with the Cardinals. Matt? Yeah, I'll go with Sean Tucker, the replacement for Dalvin Cook in the fourth oh. round to the Minnesota Vikings. Big, big words there. Uh, big, big <laughs> words. Uh, my final pick of the draft will be, I think I'm going to take, I think I'm going to take Tank Dell. He he went in the fifth round to San Francisco, and I just, uh, that landing spot's the mm-hmm. only reason he's in the top 36. I like him in San Francisco. Saw that, but like, where does he get on the field? He just runs past all the other receivers <laughs> in, on, okay. in the receiver room. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, no, struggling. No. You're struggling. Would you Ryan. still still please? Would you please take one of these third round receivers so we could? So I don't have. To. Yeah, I'll, I will take one. I'll take Tyler Scott. He's the. Uh, 73rd overall yeah. pick to the Houston Texans. He's the uh, top guy left uh, in this mock draft. Yeah, that's the – I was considering him too. Oh, man. Do I, I'm going to take oh, – geez, I'm going to take the player that I like better, but the worst landing spot. I'm going to take uh, Jaden Reed, third round, into the third round to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Those were the two wide receivers that I was considering when I took Dell. Um, nobody wanted to go with Stetson Bennett in the fifth round. Nobody wanted no, to dip gross. that far down. I was the only one that took fifth rounders. We pretty much stuck to the to the top. Uh, top if you had top 75 draft capital, you got picked in this. The highest drafted player that did not go. Uh, 78 overall, middle of the third round, wide receiver Michael Wilson to the Green Bay Packers. That is not that crazy. That could actually happen. It sure um, could. Michael Wilson is a Packers type of guy. Uh, we really got to get to the rookie report. It's time for the rookie report. Yeah, we got we got three more rookies to talk about, one of which was drafted in that mock draft. So that's fun. Um, in fact, let's start with that guy. It's Tucker Craft, the tight end from South Dakota State. I love me some Tucker Craft. He's going to be a great NFL tight end, Matt. What do you think of him? Yeah, he's 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 really good. You know, he had a, such a good sophomore season, 65 catches, 780 yards, so six touchdowns, and he had an ankle injury that sort of sort of forced him out of the lineup in his final season here in 2022 but he's just a really big well-built thick fluid athlete uh, great body control 
adjust well to poorly placed balls. I mean, I know it's easy to say that because the same school and basically the same size, but I do really get flashes of of, of Dallas Goddard from from yeah. watching him here. Uh, physical at the catch point, the routes. Dan, I feel like needs some work. They round them off. He rounds them off quite a bit. Doesn't really create that instant separation. Um, he's he's almost more like an athlete playing receiver at this point uh, than than really like having all the nuances of of playing that position. So lots of lots to grow in. But uh, you know, this I think this could be a value pick. Like what people are firing off these mid second round picks on these other tight ends, which certainly certainly deserve to be picked that high. Tucker Graff, I think you could probably snake him in the third round and, and do almost as well. Yeah, I I love his game, and you know I'm I'm up here in South Dakota, not necessarily a Jacks fan, but I I watch the Jacks. Uh, certainly rooted for them in the postseason this past year. He's been banged up just a little bit, but when he's on the field and he's healthy, he is fun to watch. The that that South Dakota State offense moved him around a lot. We didn't see him traditionally in that inline position, although he did line up there um, plenty. He was also a slot receiver. He 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 played a little bit in the backfield at times. Uh, played that wing position a little bit, and they created opportunities to get the ball in his hands because he's so good after the catch. He's also got the potential, I think, guys, to be a really good red zone target at the next level. He uses his body really well to box out defenders and create opportunities um, uh, for catch for catches in front of. Uh, linebackers and, and safeties in particular. So I like his speed. I think he's good after the catch. Not great, not amazing. He's not going to be one of those really fluid athletes that uh, don't even look like tight ends. They look more like wide receivers. But when you line him up across from a, a linebacker, he can make some people look silly. And, you know, he gets a – I think he gets a bad rap a little bit because of the um, – because of the – the schedule that they play, um, you know, they don't, they don't play the, the big time talent they play in the FCS, but they won a national championship. They're a very, they were a very good team. And that stat line that you mentioned, Matt, um, he really, he really uh, dominated as a, as a sophomore, Ryan, we were at the combine and he talked about coming back that he had, he potentially had an opportunity to go into the draft a year ago, but he set his sights on being the tight end one in this class. And he was told by people that that was a possibility. And with, with these names that we just talked about, those other tight ends like Michael Mayer, uh, Musgrave and Dalton Kincaid, who were all highly regarded Tucker craft, flew under the radar to the dynasty community a lot. I don't think necessarily that that's the case to NFL teams. I think there's a good chance that he's not the tight end four or five in this class. By the time the draft plays out, he could be the third guy off the board and he could get second round draft capital and people need to take notice. Yeah. I think uh, at at this point I'm expecting him to get second round draft capital. I think he will be a second round. Yeah. Maybe even, Top 50 picks. Yeah. So, I mean, not the, the injury was such a bummer last year because not only did it cost him that chance to, to be a first round NFL draft pick, to be the tight end one in the class, you know, most likely, uh, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't just, you mentioned the, the, the chance to go to the NFL last year. He had, he had the chance to go to Alabama last year. He was being recruited away from, South Dakota state to go to Alabama. I mean, this is not just a, 
you know, some random small school guy we're taking a chance on. This is a guy who's probably going to be a second rounder. He gets the obvious comps to Dallas Goddard. And, you know, I, I get that, I guess. I I almost hope for uh, Kraft at this point that he, he follows that Goddard path where he lands on a team yeah. with a, with a Zach Ertz type player uh, rather than going to Dallas or Cincinnati or, 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 you know, Detroit where there's immediate playing time uh, because the route running is, is rough. He does need to improve that, but he's got that athleticism. Obviously he's got the, the size to play in the league. Um, if you draft him in round three of dynasty rookie drafts, you need to be patient. He's not going to give it to you in year one. Uh, but he could be Dallas Goddard in four years. And if you hung on to Dallas Goddard for the past several years, you're, you're pretty happy right now. So let's talk a little bit about that draft capital, because we just did that. We just went through that mock draft and that one had him as the 71st overall pick to new Orleans. He ends up, uh, going early in the third round of our dynasty mock draft. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about in Superflex, He's going to fall into the third round um, yep. in single quarterback. He could even fall into the third round there because he is a little bit of an unknown. And these other tight ends are getting so much publicity. If Ryan, if you see, if we see Tucker Kraft's name called early in the second round, does he have the potential to jump over these guys and land in the second round of our rookie drafts this, uh, this summer? Uh, I mean, I, I would, you know, he's got a chance, but I would be surprised. I, I do think he ends up as a third rounder in dynasty rookie drafts, a second rounder in the NFL draft. Uh, but again, that position is just so tight. He could be a second rounder and still be the fifth guy off the board. Like that would not be crazy to me. Um, so yeah. I still, you know, we're going to see Mayer ahead of him almost definitely in, in dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, I think we'll see Kincaid ahead of him definitely as well, but then it's a conversation with Musgrave with Washington. Um, and I would, I would throw Laporta in there as well. Sure. That's all fair. We need to rank this guy. Uh, and, and this is where it, it kind of gets difficult to be honest with you. Uh, Tucker Craft. We have we have other tight ends in our rankings. Um, actually, late in the second to early in the third. In fact, all of them are early in the third round. Darnell Washington's at twenty six. Dalton Kincaid is at twenty seven. Michael Mayer at twenty eight, and Luke Musgrave at twenty nine overall in our Superflex rankings at this point. Uh, to be fair, I have all these guys just a little bit higher than that, late in the second round in my rankings right now. And I have, uh, I have my guy, uh, Tucker craft with the first pick in the, in the third round. So comparatively, I like him as much as I like, uh, some of these other tight ends, including Musgrave. So, um, I guess we start there. How far below Luke Musgrave do we want to rank Tucker craft? I think we just put him right below. Yeah, I would, I would say that as well. All right. I think that's fair. Let's uh, slide him in at 30 overall. Um, And man, I said it during our mock draft. It feels to me like these tight ends are going to be values in our rookie drafts. You just have to have some of that patience that Ryan was just talking about. Let's move on to a wide receiver. It's A.T. Perry. Matt, you you uh, you teased it just a little bit earlier in the show. <laughs> uh, there are there are things to like about At Perry, but there are things that give you pause as well. 
Gosh, there there's a lot of lot of things to like about him, but he's another big wide receiver that plays small. I actually watched an interview with him and he talked about like wanting to work on things that small receivers do so that he can do the the things that they do, like, you know, really sinking their hips in and out of breaks and all of those things that you think about when you think about a small, quick wide receiver, right? But the problem is he's six three, uh six three and a half, almost six four really, but he is a mm-hmm. little thin at one ninety-eight. Uh, and he's just he's just so inconsistent. But what he does really well, he does what he does well, he does really well, but only sometimes, you know, like he, he can be a deep vertical target. He's got the length. He's got the catch radius. He has the the speed, the ability to catch balls when he is able to stack up defenders. He's able to catch those balls that are thrown out in front of him where only he can catch it. Um but he's just not physical at the catch point. He gets pushed off his routes early in the early in the route. He lets the ball come into his body way too often. He jumps up for the ball like he's going to make an incredible contested catch, but then he lets the ball come into his body and it bounces off, uh, and that's led to 17 drops over the last two seasons. Um, so he like when he goes up, he doesn't attack the ball. He just let it, lets it come into himself. And then the route tree, I think, is limited, but he does show the ability to, I think, get better in that regard. He has really quick feet. He varies his speed within each route. Um, he snaps off his route, especially really, really well, especially on those quick splants and in breaking routes. So I think it's more of maybe of a lack of experience that he, just that he can't not that he can't do those more advanced routes. Um, but he, he's I don't know. He's 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 really fun to watch, but he's just so inconsistent. And he's 23 years old. He'll be 24 in October, uh, which is before the midpoint of the season. So uh, didn't break out until age 22. So there's just too many question marks, I think, to really get a lot of draft capital unless somebody just wants to get in on that that hype and hope that translates. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I, I don't think I have a lot to add. You mentioned the route running. Um, outside of what you said there, Matt, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily the route running. It's that he he looks exactly the same every single time off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He doesn't vary his release at all, and that is going to get him in big trouble if he if people expect him to be an X receiver at the next level because yeah. he's going to get physical corners that get up in his face and he won't be able to get off that press because he he doesn't have a, a secondary move a third move to to keep that guy honest. Uh, across from him so that's going to create problems for him I see the same things you do potential red zone guy end zone threat that can go up above the rim and make the catch but he he just they clank off his hands from time to time and and then the very next play he'll make a catch that makes you think well where the heck was that on the last one he looks like a guy that could develop into a really good like like back shoulder guy if he had that kind of quarterback um but I don't see all the speed that that 40 time showed all the time. That's not consistent. Um, there are it's, times it's when build you think, up speed. It's, it's build, build up. up speed. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's a little bit different. I, I love receivers that are over six, three. That sounds great. Um, we've had so many of them in the past that catch double digit touchdowns and they carry our dynasty teams. AT Perry's not one of those kind of guys. He's a, He's a fourth receiver on an NFL team to me. And somebody might buy in because of the height and the speed. I'm not one of those guys. I, I think even if he gets like fifth round draft capital, which I guess is is uh, one of the possibilities, um, he's, he's off the board for sure. If he gets third round draft capital, we're probably considering him with the last pick in the third round of rookie drafts. And that's the best case scenario. Our mock that we just did was based on Shane's mock. He went to Minnesota, which is a nice draft uh, 
landing spot, right? Late in the third round, and I had him ranked 36th on my board. That's about the best possible spot that he could land. We didn't even we didn't even talk about the slow mesh offense, this weird offense where they just walk the ball up to the line or walk the ball sideways, which also like I think creates weird weird separation available for him that's not going to be available at the next level and maybe that kind of blurs your vision when you're trying to see uh a secondary separate or secondary separation at the line of scrimmage i guess uh ryan when you see at perry what do you think yeah i mean as far as analysis i agree with a lot of what matt said um the he certainly plays small but I, i mean i wouldn't group him in that quentin johnston category i mean johnston he's, i mean johnston has no. 10 pounds on him at least like i mean he he's no. not a big wide receiver he's just a tall skinny wide receiver and and that's that's different to me but um mm-hmm. I, I do i do get the idea that in the nfl or at least mock drafters like him a lot more than we do i, I would not be surprised if he was a day two pick uh a, a third rounder as you mentioned dan and that would not be enough to to get me interested in him. I think you nailed the, the um, possible dynasty uh, value. It, it, even if he is a third rounder, you look at our current ADP, he's 36 overall in single quarterback. He's the wide receiver 13. And I expect him to fall uh, even from that. Once we, uh, once the NFL draft gets here. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys, pretty much a player I'm going to avoid. I mean, Dan, you and I sat beside each other in Lucas Oil Stadium, watched him go through the drills, and over and over we said, who was that that just dropped that pass? Oh, it was A.T. Perry. It was A.T. <laughs> over Perry. and over again, we watched multiple drills. He struggled in all of them. I don't want to, you know, I'm trying not to keep that one thing in mind with, with any player, but it was it was a, a poor uh, showing for A.T. Perry at the Combine. And, you know, he was ultra productive in his last two seasons at Wake Forward Forest. He was very good, 71 for almost 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns in 2021 and followed that up with 81 catches for just short of 1,100 yards and 11 more touchdowns as uh, a senior, <laughs> a 23-year-old senior. Um, that breakout age is old. That that uh, production profile doesn't really match the skill set, I would say. And that's going to scare a lot of dynasty managers off. We'll see what the draft capital does for him, but but I'm not feeling great about At Perry and his dynasty upside. Uh, our final rookie that we need to talk about in the rookie report is a running back out of East Carolina. It is Keaton Mitchell. He's a guy that I wanted to talk about specifically, but Matt, he's new to you. What did you think of Keaton Mitchell when you watched him? He's if you if you miss on Devin A chain earlier in your draft and you want a similar profile, go with Keaton Mitchell. You know, just faster. I think the third fastest forty time, uh, and really for him, it's that instant acceleration. He just gets up to that top speed so quickly. Uh, according yeah. to PFF, he led uh, led FBS on runs of ten or more yards with fifty four of them. Uh, so like that combined with the lateral quickness just makes him so dangerous out in space where he can create on his own. Uh, but yeah, there's some bad stuff too. You know, the size he, yeah, he let's, bounces. Let's, little... let's wait on the bad stuff okay. because right, I right, like right, Keaton we'll Mitchell. We'll you go. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that that uh, that ability to hit top speed. He like obliterates 
the angle for yep. defenders. And I know yep. he played at a lower uh, competition level as well. So there, you have to take some of those highlight reel plays with a grain of salt. Um, but but I really think that that top speed, that ability to, to go from zero to 60 so quickly might translate to the next level. And if we get a landing spot that's going to use him as that slasher that can get upfield quickly – he could be a sleeper in the third round of dynasty rookie drafts. We're not talking about a guy that's going to sneak into the second round of the NFL draft or suddenly become a second day pick. Even we're likely talking about a fifth to sixth round type draft capital. And hopefully we get a landing spot with a coach that, that there's, there's a little bit of a match um, where, where that coach can use him in specific ways because he's not, he's a traditional change of pace running back. He's not huge. He's not going to bowl over anybody between the tackles, but that, that vision and that ability to uh, hit top speed so quickly, he almost looks like a kick returner running the football out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. Matt, you mentioned some of the negatives and I I probably know what you're going to say. He likes to bounce runs to the, to the outside. Literally, that's literally that's not going to fly at the next (laughs) level. It's going to create problems for him if he continues to do that. And he he doesn't have the strength to break a lot of tackles, although he can create missed tackles with his quick feet and uh, that lateral change of uh, change of direction ability that he has. Um, He's also it's questionable whether he's going to be a great pass catcher at the next level. And typically with with these guys that. Um, our change of pace guys, you want them to be third down options that catch the ball and can add those three or four catches every week. He he He's a pass catcher. He can catch the football, but he's not going to, um, he's not going to make those wild plays. He's certainly not going to line up on the, on the outside regularly and, and run routes out of the slot. Matt, were there any other negatives that we need to throw out? Uh, I mean, he, I think he, I, maybe you're, I think maybe you're discounting him a little bit from the route, route standpoint. I think he can run right wide receiver routes, but he's inconsistent oh. with catching the ball. Like you said, like he suffers from drops, right? He catches the ball. So you, you yeah, see that's going to keep him from running those routes. I think. Yeah. I mean, he drops, he lets the ball into his body too often, but you know, he, he's right. just a player who's all, he knows how fast he is and how quickly he can get up to speed. And he's always looking for the home run play. That's his biggest, if they if the coaches can train that out of him and train him to take a little bit of the yards that are, are blocked for him sometimes, uh, you know, he, he, you can score on every play, but that doesn't mean you're going to score on every play. So, so, so to be fair, bit, we've talked about his speed. He's he doesn't have 99 speed. He's he's not the guy that is is going to outrun everybody on the field. He's not Tyreek Hill, but it, it's really the burst and the acceleration that he's really yes. really good at. So then it comes down then it comes down to um, how many how many how many times can he touch the ball in an NFL Five. offense? Is that Six, is seven. that so limited that he has no potential to get in the top 36 picks of a yeah. of a rookie draft? That's possible. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing him get there, certainly based on where he's starting. If you look at our ADPs, 49 overall, uh, running back 19. Uh, our, our rankings uh, are kind of in line with that, 46 overall, RB18. So essentially he would have to have a, a primo landing spot because we are, we are confident that he's going to be a day three pick. 
Uh, I, I think he's probably a later day three pick. Uh, sixth round uh, would not be a surprise at all for uh, for Keaton Mitchell. So, yeah, it, it's it's going to be landing spot dependent, really, if he's even draftable in in your typical dynasty league. For instance, in this mock draft that we just did, uh, Shane had him going in the sixth round to the Denver Broncos, which could be seen as a positive landing spot for sure. Not not necessarily the draft capital that dynasty managers would love. Um, if Sean Payton got his hands on Keaton Mitchell and dedicated five, six, seven plays to to infiltrating that offense, that would make him dynasty relevant. But that's he, that's a long shot in the sixth round, and he, do, he he can play on special teams, like you said, Dan. So like that's going to help him help him out a little bit, at least for making a roster. But I just I, I see a cap of like seven touches a game, you know, like what? Are, yeah, like, I, he's, he's just never going to make it in your lineup. I stood on the soapbox. I wanted to talk about Keaton Mitchell because I think there is a very outside chance that someday we're talking about him on this podcast after a big game. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make him a top 30 or 35 option in your dynasty rookie draft. If you have deep benches though, if you're, if you're one of these uh, leagues that has 30, 35 roster spots, Keaton Mitchell is a name that I'll be thinking about in the fourth round of dynasty rookie drafts. So that does it for this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast. We uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.